They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. Hey, hey. Bye, bye, bye. Welcome, everybody. Uh, it's your favorite podcast. Is it? Is it their favorite now? You know, after last week's, I figured we had to spare them and give them six seconds of an intro. That's it. Listen, it's your favorite podcast. It's Thoughts That Rock, where we give you incredible, tasty nuggets of life-changing advice that you guys feast on, and that's what it's all about. And when we say you guys, we're pretty excited. We're up to about 4,500 unique downloads a month. Did you know that, Brant? No, I don't pay attention to anything like that at all. You absolutely do, you analytics crazed. You're you're ruining it for everybody, Jim. I'm supposed to be the cool one. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, folks. Well, if it makes you feel any better, we can't get any sponsors till we get to ten thousand. So we're still working on. Hey, if anybody wants to sponsor, the you want show, to sponsor this? You know what? Why don't you roll on up? Roll on up to us and ask us how much it is, and we're going to shock you with a number. <laughs> and then we'll meet in the middle, and then come back. We're going to overshoot. <laughs> just so you know, whatever you think it is, add a zero, and that's what we're going to ask for. If it makes you feel any better when you actually do sponsor the show, part of that money is going to go to an awesome cause. That's true. Part of that money goes to support Cannonball Kids Cancer and their incredible fight for finding treatment options for kids who've run out of options. Uh, If they can't find it, they fund it. It's what they do. Please check them out at cannonballkidscancer.org. They are amazing. Yes. Love those guys. Yep. So listen, we get it. Yep. You guys are busy, right? No, you're not. You got a lot of stuff going on. You they really nothing. are. They, no. they have a ton going on. No matter what you think, they've got stuff that's happening in their life. And just yeah. trying to find a moment to even listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. I, I get it. You got to carve out a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. We understand that. Yep. But honestly doesn't even matter what you're doing right it now. Does, it doesn't. You could be, for instance, on a paddleboard in the middle of an Alabama lake. Maybe you're scrubbing floors. Ouch. Or maybe you're just sitting there waiting for AAA to show up. Mm, they're never going to show up. Does not matter to us what you're doing. You're listening, and we're thankful for that. We just want to be the 30 minutes you've been looking forward to all week. Mm-hmm. Let's rock it out. I have a flat. Let's do this. Our guest today is a big-time, globally-renowned digital marketing and sales leader, Ryan Benici, who is the chief marketing officer at G2 Crowd, which is the world's leading B2B software and services platform. First off, Ryan, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Listen, Ryan's got an incredible bio. We're going to have the full bio in the show notes uh, for you to look over. But just a couple of quick little cool highlights we wanted to point out. Uh, he's got 10 plus years in senior leadership roles at some of the world's most innovative tech companies like Salesforce, Microsoft. Uh, he came uh, most recently for, as the head of global marketing at HubSpot. Mm-hmm. He really helps businesses through the use of data-driven marketing, uh, sales and growth strategies. He's been featured in everything from Forbes to Entrepreneur, Lifehacker, you name it. The guy's got over 115,000 followers on his social media platforms. Jim, he's what we would call a big deal. He is. Yes. (laughs) And we are incredibly happy. Jim's got 115 total. Full stop. That's right, right there. So (laughs) 
We are incredibly happy to have you on Thoughts That Rock. As you know, we do things a little bit different here, Ryan. We like to jump right to the meat and potatoes. So the floor is open. What is your Thought That Rocks? Thoughts That Rock! Thanks for having me, guys. And I love that you just, like, get to the meaty part. That's yeah. fun. Um, <laughs> I'd say, like, for me, my thoughts that rock, um, or my thought that rocks for me anyways, is really about learning when to pick your battles in business. Hmm. Interesting. How did that uh, – do you have a, an example, or why was that such a huge lesson for you? Yeah, sure. I mean, like, I think, it, I think it, like, when you look at most people in their careers, things like – typically don't turn out the way folks want for like either or they either don't pick enough battles so they're not like passionate enough they don't have enough kind of skin in the game and or care and or insight to to even know like when they should be speaking up and driving change in an organization or on the flip side which was more of my case when they have trouble with picking too many battles right everything is a big deal for them and they actually don't do a good job at realizing hey like what are the things that i should focus on what should i let slide yeah now i would imagine just in the the nature of your role at the last few organizations that you've worked at i i would think it is that sort of second piece of how do you help people focus on the things that truly matter as opposed to you know, trying to bite off more than they can chew and having a watered down message because they're trying to acquiesce maybe to, to too many audiences. Is that, is that sort of the biggest struggle that you find? You know, it's more actually around, like there's, there's obviously the, the external facing components. I think more about the way I think of it is, you know, in more and more businesses today, right? Like the majority of the workforce or the, you know, the biggest growing group is typically millennials or Gen Ys or Gen Xs. And so because you're seeing so much growth there, I think what's happened over the last few years is so many companies have become so much more purpose driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, you know, those demographics, those newer and younger employees that are kind of like moving up the ranks, they care about, you know, the purpose for a company and the values behind it. And I think, there's, there's, a, you know, those, those are really great traits, um, and people feel really passionate about them. But I think also at the same time, a lot of, a lot of employees sometimes struggle with like caring too much or caring too little. So what I mean by that as an example is like, you know, we, let's I'll give a good G two example. So we're um, you know, we're doing a lot of work at the moment on our diversity and inclusion initiatives and how do we, you know, truly build a really diverse and really inclusive workplace that people mm-hmm. love to come to work at. Um, and, you know, there are some days where little things might come up that like might be, you know, helpful in the direction of the way we're going. And sometimes there'll be mistakes that people will make. And and I think a good example would be someone kind of attacking someone else for making a mistake is like picking an unhelpful battle that, you know, isn't really driving towards the ultimate kind of thing where we want to go. Right. Um, and so knowing how to kind of like, you know, raise a concern or even knowing when it's even worth it, because if you think of yourself as like a leader in a business, right? Like any leader's job is to, you know, identify opportunities for growth, you know, cut areas that might be, you know, loss leading, um, work out like the strategy and the path. And there's so many different paths you can go down. And so I think if you, if you care about all of them equally, the challenge is, yeah, you won't get anything done. You'll confuse your team. You'll do all the different things. Um, so it's like a definitely difficult balancing act. And I think for, it was something for me, right? Like I used to get, you know, fired up about all the things that I felt like were wrong in the companies that I were working at and all the things I wanted to fix and change. And I would 
not understand why we couldn't make things change quicker. And sometimes I feel that way today in my own role. But I think, you know, with growth um, and with maturity in, in leadership, you start to learn that, like, yeah, there there are things that might need to change, but they may not be the priority right now. They may never be the priority because there may always be bigger things. And if you just kind of, if you, I don't know, if you make a big deal about all the things and essentially you are just watering down your ability to impact the things that matter. Right. I hope that makes sense. So, you know, this is more of like a, I don't know, like an instinctual learning, I think, that I've had through the years in leadership as opposed to kind of like a clear cut like lesson. Yeah, and I think uh, the way you put it, I, I think it's great, and it's relative to to whatever level. I mean, if you're talking about, let's say, a middle manager or just a frontline employee, they still can have that same mindset because you know you only have so much emotional energy that you can use throughout 100%. the day. And 100%. so once you start to focus on these battles that – you know, it doesn't matter. You can't do anything about, you know, just if one, you'll be more positive, you'll be more effective. It won't allow you to, to freak out. But I think the point that you're also making is from a leadership standpoint, we had a great guest, um, Billy Shore, who's the chairman and co-founder of Share Our Strength. And he used uh, his thought on the show, which was a Jonathan Kozel quote. He said, uh, pick battles that are big enough to matter, but small enough to win. And so yeah. I think if you take it up to the the leadership level when you're managing people or millions of dollars in business, it's the same thing, right? It isn't so much, geez, I've got to really retain and focus on my emotional energy. It's I can only do so much, but I'm going to do something that will move mountains, huge impact and influence. Some of this other stuff, eh, if I don't get to it, who cares? I, I can always move that to the next day. So, you know, I, I think for our audience, it doesn't matter who it is when you're listening to it. I think this is a great a great thought to just pick the battles that can make the most difference. Absolutely. You know, and I think of kind of, to me, right, like when I'm in a business, I have always sort of made it really key and core to my role to really want to get a good understanding of what are the actual metrics that matter for a business. And I think as you, you know, enter a company, regardless of what level you're in, you know, whether you're an individual contributor just starting out or whether you're, you know, a senior leader, I think, you know, asking questions of different teams, of your CEO, of your different C-levels to truly understand what are the, the metrics that matter to them. Um, and I think that then will help you start to work out, like, what are those battles that you should pick and which are the ones that actually, yep, you know, that they might be a battle that could be won, but actually won't won't really drive you closer to where you want to go. Right. Yeah. I think it's it's crucial to have the clarity over the battle itself like you just talked about. It's for me, so the work that I do uh within organizations is is helping leaders define what matters most, discovering their core values and and one of the exercises that we have people do is trying to get them to sort of their their five, right? What are the five most important things for them in their lives to honor to feel like they're they have purpose within the organization? Organization. Mm. And, you know, the, the interesting thing about the exercise is it starts off with um, sort of this surface dive on, you know, here's 150 different commonly held core values, circle the ones that are really important to you. And, you know, upon first pass, we find that most people will circle 30 plus words. Yeah. Um, and the challenge with that is if you try to honor 30 things in your life on a daily basis, you're, you're in for a, a, a huge amount of disappointment and anxiety and depression and frustration and all those things that come along with it because you're just setting yourself up for failure. 
And that to me is sort of similar, even on the organizational side, if they say that, look, here are, here are the things that matter most to us. Here are the battles that we choose to fight. If they don't have crystal clear clarity, then even when people are succeeding in some of the things they want, it still feels like a loss mm-hmm. uh, because they're not actually moving the needle in the direction that they want to because they're trying to focus on too many things rather than those four or five core values of the organization that's actually going to move the needle. And so I would assume that one of your things you have to sort of work with these organizations is, hey, help me understand the battles that, that you want to fight so that we don't we don't fight 50 unnecessary battles that, that lead to nowhere. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it reminds me too, when I was, you know, I've shared this on the, uh, on the show before, but when I was just a trainer at hard rock and, uh, and Ryan, I was at hard rock for 21 years, but I started nice. off as a host and I was lucky enough to do some openings. And I just remember when I would go to do a company owned store opening, it was easy because you had a lot of, power, you know, if that's the right word, but you you know, whatever needed to happen, it would happen because you had some direct control. You go to do a franchise opening, you have no control. You have absolutely no power whatsoever. The whole thing is all impact and influence and throwing your arm around your friend and trying to explain to them, how do you get to the, the promised land? And I just remember there would be so many times that I'd be so frustrated (laughs) and you'd have to sit back and go, okay, I've got to pick my battles here. Is this issue with this franchisee worth me jumping on the sword and and really making a big deal about it or do you go la 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 your fingers <laughs> in the ears and you go i'm not going to win this one i got to move on to bigger things and so again i think it doesn't really matter what level it sounds like you've had a lot of success i mean this where, where did that quote come from is it just something you said you created it on your own or somebody somebody told you no or, it's or, just something that i mean yeah it's kind of a, you know it's not the most articulate quote or anything but no it's definitely something that um, a leader said to me at one point, and I don't know if they're the exact words that they use, but I think it was roughly that. And I think it was, you know, when I was earlier on in my career and I just remember expressing my frustration to my chief operating officer about like all the things that we could be doing and, um, and you know, the things that kind of like frustrated me and, you know, what, what I wanted to do. And I remember them just sitting down and being like, Hey, like, I love your energy, but you have to be able to pick your battles. Like, <laughs> right. You can't fight every single battle. Um, and you know, that was kind of, I guess, like the, some of the early things that I learned in my journey towards like becoming a better leader. Um, and you know, in the same token, it, it's useful then for me, like as I lead people under me in terms of thinking about like, you know, if they do subpar work on something that doesn't really matter as much as mm-hmm. if they do subpar work on something that really does matter. Um, you know, you could tell them about both of those things, but yeah. it might not be actually as useful for that thing that doesn't really matter because it might just, you know, be another hit to their confidence when in fact actually focusing on, you know, some more positive things to help them improve as opposed to calling out, you know, another mistake they made if it doesn't really matter. And again, I, I at times kind of, to be honest, fluctuate back and forth between, you know, you know, I personally would really like to know those things myself yeah, for my boss. I if agree. I, even if it doesn't matter, if I didn't do it to the way they wanted, I would like to know. But then, you know, equally, I probably would still feel crappy about that. And maybe it's not actually the best for my energy levels to know all of those things. So I'm like you though, like a balancing act, but I think at the end of the day, like the whole idea is like to become a little bit more present and like be a little bit more in the now and be a little bit more conscious about like, 
your actions and and not act reactively i guess to things yeah um and you know i think if you you know focus on truly being a conscious leader um as opposed to kind of being an unconscious leader that just reacts to everything you'll 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 naturally just do a good job at picking your battles accordingly i think exactly it's just like in poker i mean you have to know when to hold them you have to know when to fold them you have to know when to god oh yeah, is Kenny yeah, Rogers? Yeah, is he Kenny, Australian? Kenny Rogers is not. Australian. I try and weave <laughs> no, him into every show. No. God, I, it's <laughs> so it's not like Ryan poker. has no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I genuinely have no idea. <laughs> see, there you go. Thank you. Perfect. Well, I feel like poker, but no, yeah, no, no. yes, you can see the reach of Kenny Rogers references all the way across the pond. You just made our entire show. What's uh, what what's next on your plate, Ryan? You know, I know you've been CMO right now of G two Crowd, but these other organizations in a leadership role. You know, I assume at some point <laughs> you're going to be running your own thing. But is there something that you would think I, I'm really looking forward to stepping into this, or maybe launching a new product? What what would be something that uh, people would love to hear about? Yeah, great question. I mean. It's a tough one. I mean, I'm I'm loving where I'm at at the moment in with G2. I mean, you know, it's been a, t- a pretty amazing two years. You know, when I joined, the marketing team had about five people on it, um, and we'll end this year with about eighty-five people in marketing. Wow. So, so from you know five to eighty-five people in marketing alone in two years has been just pretty remarkable growth. And, yeah. You know, our traffic growth and our revenue growth has grown at similar multiples. So. Um, you know, I, I feel really lucky to have, you know, been able to jump aboard the G2 rocket when I did. Um, you know, I think for me, longer term, though, you know, I don't know. I mean, most of my experience, as you can see, is very B2B focused. Yep, yep. Um, but I really enjoyed being at G2 because of the marketplace dynamics that we have, right? You know, we're, we're quite a complex marketplace in that we have buyers and sellers and we connect the two and it's B2B. I think, you know, where I would love to go next in my mind is I would love to be a CMO of, you know, a company like Airbnb or... Mm. Um, you know, a, a kind of a big D to C digital to consumer marketplace would be very fun. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm there yet. Um, and I, I and what I mean there is like, I, I don't feel like I'm ready to leave G2 for, for a long time right yeah. now. Um, I would want to see us, you know, get to IPO for, for sure. Sure. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think like, you know, I'm loving where I'm at right now. So, you know, I, I think moving from just being a B2B SaaS marketer to now, you know, in, in a B2B marketplace where I get to like kind of sharpen my consumer skills as well as my business marketing skills. That's kind of just been, just been really fun. I feel really grateful to yeah. be able to, to do it. So um, who knows? But yeah, I mean, long term, I'd love to start my own company as well. So we'll see. What do you think, Brant? I mean, you know, he's got a huge following. He's got a cool accent. He's got the wavy hair. You think <laughs> yeah. he's going to make it? It's uncomfortably handsome. Uncomfortably. Yes. It is yes. just the way it works. It <laughs> is. I don't know. You guys have some pretty great hair as well. I mean, that professional yes. photo shoot you did. This makes episode. my long man bun look. <laughs> yeah. They're quivering in their boots. Yeah, uh, yours, yeah. Are, yours are amazing, guys. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Got to Be Glued. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's for sure. Where can uh, where can people stay in touch with you if they want to just check out a lot of the things that you're working on, or just to follow you? Um, you know, add to the hundred and fifteen thousand. Uh, <laughs> where where can they stay connected with you? I mean, look, I think like if they want to stay in touch with what we're doing at G two, you know, head over to g two dot com. Um, if they want to stay in touch with me, I, I share most of my content um, 
between Instagram and LinkedIn. So okay. I would say like search Ryan Vinici, that's B-O-N-N-I-C-I on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever, you know, it's the same Ryan Vinici everywhere. So, um, I, you know, and I respond to everyone that wow. you know, messages me. So um, awesome. eventually I will get back to you if you have a question about anything. I'll probably touch base with you about hair care products i guess <laughs> yeah i've got some good natural pro tips for you. Yeah. that's awesome well listen we can't thank you enough for just uh spending a few moments with us and uh sharing your words of wisdom and uh really we appreciate a bunch thanks so much for having me guys i appreciate it you're thanks, awesome Ryan. rock on buddy thanks guys bye Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to make sure you don't ever miss an episode. And if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we're exclusively represented by Kepler Speakers, the industry's leading resource for booking conference keynotes. To start your unforgettable experience, go to KeplerSpeakers.com. Until next time, rock, rock on. on. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to StoicismPod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.